Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Self-Initiative Project Podcast. I'm your host, Jim O'Brien. Hello, and welcome back, and welcome to Podcast 34. You know, if you're not following us on Instagram, that's probably, well, it is our primary social media outlet. We're on LinkedIn as well and share our podcast out there in hopes to getting out to some others. But we're uh, fairly active on Instagram. And there, you know, we share everything for some fun stuff, you know, gun-related and knives. But we also share, we like to think, some um, great safety tips and otherwise. So if you're not following us on Instagram, uh, I would encourage you to do so. Plus, you'll get updates on these podcasts and know when they're going to release, etc. So just want to encourage you to get out there and get on Instagram. Got some good information for you there for sure as well. But Podcast 34 is kind of meant to be, well, it is uh, a follow-up to Podcast 33. And so it's probably best if you go back and listen to Podcast 33, It Will Never Happen to Me, uh, because what we want to do here with 34 is kind of follow up and talk more about the things that those folks that told their stories, myself included, could be doing better or differently or how they could have responded. And look, if you listen to Podcast 33, you know we already talked about some of that stuff uh, very uh, quickly. And briefly, so we thought in 34 that we would go back through all of the stories, all of the six or seven stories that you heard and talk about uh, things that, you know, potentially could have helped everyone uh, do a better job in avoiding responding and then recovering from their particular stories. So this podcast is about things to consider doing when the things that will never happen to you actually happen. So if you remember um, I was the first one to share a couple of stories about uh, the times that I was bullied and burglarized when I was very young, younger. And, you know, I'm not a bullying expert other than to say it does happen, uh, like we talked about in 33. I, um, I would just say that if you're a teacher or a parent listening to this, be on the lookout for those kids that are kind of quiet and withdrawn. Um you know, uh, be open to letting them know, be open to them talking to you um, as a parent or teacher and let let the kids know both your children and your classes, whatever, that, you know, if they ever want to talk to you or need to talk to you and do so in private or whatever they're comfortable with doing, let them know that you're available to do that. And I think that'll go a long way. You know, as I touched upon a little bit and telling my story in 33, for me, You know, I don't think I ever went to any teachers or my parents. I'm pretty sure I remember not doing that. And, you know, I think for me, if I had to give myself advice back then, uh, being a young kid, I would say um, that you need to learn to stand up for yourself. Uh, You know, not everybody has a winning personality that everybody just loves them. And so bullying will never happen. For those of us that may not have or may not have had a winning personality, um, you know, it's important that they learn some lessons in life. And unfortunately, I don't think bullies bullying is going to go away, you know, and it's kind of almost, dare I say, a rite of passage. And again, I'm not discounting it. I'm not discounting its severity or the possibilities for it to be severe. And look, I know, you know, kids handle things differently. So that's why as parent and teachers, family members, and even friends should be opening to letting their kids in their class and kids at home, obviously, uh, come to them talk. But for me, I think I could have learned to stood up for myself, stand up for myself better. And 
that would have gone a long way. Maybe if I had thrown a punch or a kick back uh, a couple of times over the years, that would have probably shut some things down, but I didn't do that. So um, just some tips there. As far as the being burglarized a couple of times we did, you know, I think first and foremost, you need to call the police when you learn that you've been broken into. Um, and, and if nothing else, have a report filed. Uh, that's extremely important. And look, if you get home and you notice a window in your house has been busted out, or if, more importantly, if you've noticed your dar- door has been busted down or, you know, kicked open and it, or it's ajar, it's best not to walk in there, right? Turn around, get back in your car, drive away, call 911, or at least go out to the sidewalk or something and get away from the property while you call 911. So don't ever walk into a place where it's obvious something is amiss. And again, you know, it's an opportunity to listen to your gut. If you get home and that door looks funny and you know you didn't leave it that way might be something bad maybe it's not maybe your kids came home and didn't shut the door all the way but it's better safe than sorry and so that's a takeaway if nothing else of course we've talked about this in the context of firearms guns but you know it's a good idea to have a safe for your firearms and your jewelry you know just to make things that much harder look if the bad guy wants something really bad enough all you're doing is slowing them down but that's just the point anything that you can do to um, make it more difficult for them slow them down or all out deter them you know that's the goal right so uh, having a safe for guns and jewelry is certainly something for you to consider and look if you have firearms in the house especially if you have children you definitely need to have safe or and or locking mechanisms at the very least but a safe allows you to completely uh, put away and conceal your firearms making it that much more difficult so can't recommend that enough either way Uh, you want to make sure your insurance is up to date and that you have things of value uh, listed out if that's how your insurance company works you know whether it's your renter's insurance or your homeowner's insurance you want to make sure you've got the right coverage so that you're not completely devastated when and if the time comes that your burglar arrived. You know, we've talked about this in podcasts when talking about safety in and around the home, you know, put some lights up, put some lights up when where you know there's extra dark places after dark around the house, you know, and by that standard, put lights up where you're busiest, you know, like at the top of your driveway, right outside your carport, or your garage, in your carport and garage. Uh, we've talked about the the value of having motion sensors, you know, where you don't have to have lights on all the time, but you can surprise anybody with some automatic uh, motion sensing or heat sensing, sensing light systems. So putting up lights is always a good thing. And, you know, like my father finally did after the second time we were burglarized, we put in a security system, right? And, uh, you know, all I can say there is you definitely want to shop around because there's all kinds of systems and deals to be had. And uh, some of the bigger companies are charging more than what uh, you really have to pay to get a decent security system set up. Uh, You want to make sure you've got the right deadbolts, right? If you've got glass in and around your door, you want to make sure they utilize a key on both sides, not just getting in from the outside. Um, Because what's the point of having a thumb throw deadbolt if all they've got to do is break out the glass and flip the switch on the deadbolt? So you want to think about that. Now, with that being said, and I think we mentioned this prior uh, previously before, is that in some states or 
whatever. There might be some fire code regulations there when you're renting out property that you can't have that type of deadbolt, but I'll trust that you look into that. But the key is, is to have good quality locks put on your doors and, and then use them, right? Keep your doors and your windows locked. Um, you know, I grew up in a time where we were friends with a lot of neighbors, even significant houses away, right? Number of houses down the street or whatever when I was growing up. Now it seems like things are changed where everyone's kind of more to themselves. But with that being said, it's always a good idea to get to know your neighbors in one capacity. It doesn't mean you have to be friends and buddy buddies and hang out with them all the time. But, you know, it might be a good idea to work your way to a, enough of a relationship with them when you can say, hey, I'm going to be out of town this weekend will you keep an eye on the place there shouldn't be anybody over here except maybe the pet sitter or whatever like that and then you know listen to your gut if you don't get the sense that a neighbor is that type to do those sorts of things or may seem a little shady then you know maybe they are maybe they aren't but just go on to the next neighbor or you know family and friends let them know what your plans are what you should be doing anyway and then last but not least, I'll leave on this for those stories of uh, the story that I told of being burglarized. You know, for me, my parents were good about it, but have a plan for your kids and make sure your kids know what to do in those situations. You know, if they come home from school to let themselves in, you know, like I did, let them know that they shouldn't be going into the house when they clearly see the doors been busted into or glass has been broken out or the doors wide open, you know, unless they know your home, they should know what to do then. And the most important thing is like you, you shouldn't be going into the house when you see things awry like that. And so they should be able to go to a neighbor and call for help, or at least call you to let you know what they're experiencing. The next story that we talked about in podcast 33, my buddy Dennis came on and he was an active Marine at the time and was held at gunpoint and robbed of everything he had. And he, well, everything he had was a bag at that time because I think he had just gotten home from Beirut. But, um, you know, he got robbed in the back of a pickup truck by a very brazen person. Obviously, um, the area was known for being heavily covered with Marines and Marines traveled up and down that part of the road all the time. And so, you know, and we talked about it. I, I said to Dennis, I was like, well, this is the number one reason why you don't pick up hitchhikers. So I'll emphasize this here. And that's the most glaringly obvious thing is never pick up a hitchhiker. Dennis's story is reason enough for you not to do that. And then, you know, <clears throat> Marines, law enforcement, whatever, uh, anybody and confronted with a potential fight or self-defense scenario, keep your ego in check because if you don't, that can get you into a lot of trouble. Uh, one of the things uh, you should keep in mind when you're held at gunpoint is once a gun has gotten onto you, in rare circumstances or should you be trying to draw your weapon if you're carrying concealed or otherwise once a gun's trained on you you have to be very careful and look for opportunities because the general goal is is if they've already got a gun on you you shouldn't be trying to get your gun on them so uh, something to be said there and then you know in dennis's situation he did the right thing. Of course, I'm sure at the time he probably didn't feel like he had a choice anyway. But, you know, most of the time, you know, bad guys want uh, property. And so the best thing for you to do is 
you know, comply. Now, circumstances may force you or encourage you not to comply. For example, if someone's trying to take your car and carjack you and you're, you probably want to comply, right? That's what insurance is for. And your car is not worth losing your life. It's just not. So don't be a hero, you know, keep the ego in check, but flip that around. Now you've got your kids in the back seat. Are you going to comply when they tell you they want your car? Mm, Maybe not, right? So it depends on the circumstances. But generally speaking, complying can be a good response. And, you know, don't think that Marines or even law enforcement have all the answers all the time, right? They have the training that they have and they have the knowledge that they have. Just because they're in a particular position or role doesn't mean they have all the answers, even the right answers, much less the best answers. So, you know, Don't be too hard on Dennis sharing a story because it could have happened to anyone. And Marines aren't trained to deal with things. And Dennis talked about this in the last podcast. Marines aren't necessarily trained to think about and worry about situational awareness or whatever. They're they're trained for other specialized things, right? And so even them are susceptible. But uh, those are some tips that I would leave for Dennis uh, or anyone that finds themselves in a similar situation. Next, I talked to my good buddy, Tony, and Tony and I now have been friends for something like 30 years. And several years ago, if you remember the story, he had not one, but I think two different motorcycles taken out of the shed in his backyard. And so the first tip that he learned very quickly is to get a lock on those exterior buildings, especially if you're keeping anything valuable or anything you actually don't want to have stolen from you. Put a lock on that building. And with that being said, you know, if you're living at home with your family or you're living with a roommate or your significant other, don't always assume that they've gone out to ensure that those locks are on or actually locked. Uh, Get in the habit, get in a routine at night, in the morning when you go to work, whatever, of going around and making sure everything that's supposed to be locked is locked up. Don't, Don't assume someone else has done it. Uh, take that initiative, that, that extra 30 seconds of time to check the locks on things might mean the difference between, you know, not being robbed or burglarized or having things taken from you and, you know, uh, being wiped out when you get home or the next day, whatever it might be. Uh, the other thing you want to do, uh, even on exterior buildings, is consider putting lights up. Again, motion sensing lights are your friends. You don't have to have them all on the time. But make a little extra effort and run some power out there and get it lit up. And, you know, depending on how much stuff and what the sort of things are you're keeping in your shed, you might even want to consider paying the extra little bit to have it protected and covered by the security system uh, as well. And again, even with exterior buildings, sheds, whatever like that, make sure your insurance policy is up to date. Make sure that your insurance coverage that you have covers that building and or at least the things of value in that building so insurance is key you know keeping up with that making sure you've got the right policies because after something bad's happened it's the wrong time to find out that your insurance won't cover it and then last but not least you know if you've come home to find yourself burglarized or things taken call the police don't be slack call the police if nothing else Probably not a 911 situation at that point, right? But call the police and at least try to have a report filed so there's, you know, some document 
expectation on or evidence on things happening um, in the neighborhood because over time, you know, that may help law enforcement if if things continue or happen again. Our next story, my buddy Dennis, the other Dennis, Dennis with two ends, talked about the time that he was down in Savannah, Georgia and had his pickup truck broken into. And so, you know, I think Dennis most of the things that Dennis did were good, you know. He he I think the thing that he regrets the most is not listening to his intuition. And I know we've talked about the importance of listening to your gut and not ignoring your intuition and so, you know, I would say that right off the bat for Dennis, too. One of the things that he could have done better is I remember him saying in the podcast that he just had this bizarre, you know, this feeling that, you know, he made it a point to park in a place that was well lit. But when he met the homeless person immediately after getting out of his truck, he had this, you know, his spidey senses were going off. And so listen to your intuition and look, if it takes you another five minutes before you can get to your buddies or whatever, because you're looking for a better or just a different parking place, so be it. It might save you a lot of hassle. And so, you know, Dennis did the right thing, too. You know, at night, park where there's lighting, park where there's no choke points or pinch off points for you getting into or away from your car. Uh, Try to find well-lit spaces and, you know, lock your car doors. So oftentimes, things are taken out of cars very easily. They're never broken. Well, they're not never, but not all the time are cars actually broken into. Sometimes they just see what cars in the neighborhood or in the parking lot are left unlocked. And those are the ones that get things taken out of them. So Dennis locked his truck, his truck doors. And so should you. So, you know, the other thing which I mentioned, and that's what kind of set off Dennis's intuition is, you know, pay attention to cues telling you something might be off. Right. So for Dennis's situation, he kind of felt like it was maybe the homeless guy that approached him that may have been the one to break into his truck. He said the thing that set his intuition, his gut off was as soon as he got out of that pickup truck, that homeless person was on top of him asking him for money or coins or something. And Dennis said right then that he felt like that was probably the guy that had done it. And that guy was probably waiting on Dennis to leave. Right. So, you know, look for those cues and signs. This is a good argument for paying attention when you're out in public. Uh, Another big tip, and we've talked about this before in our podcast, when we talked about safety in and around your vehicle is keep valuables out of sight. Most of the time, the bad guys that break into your vehicles or just open the door when you leave them unlocked see things in your front seat or in the floorboard or on the dash or in the center console that they are interested in, whether it's a stack of coins in the cup holder or that company laptop you left in your front seat. Uh, Lock things up. Hide them. That's the idea. Put them in your glove compartment box. Lock the glove compartment box. Put them in your trunk. Or when you get home, take them out and take them inside with you. Don't even leave valuables in your vehicles that you leave in your driveway when you get home. Get the valuables out of the car and don't leave them in plain sight no matter what you do. And again, if your car is broken into or you've had things stolen, it's a good idea to go ahead and call the police and at least have a report made. Next was Lauren's story, and this was just so bizarre. Um, I think she, if I remember right, she said she was 16 at the time this happened. 
when she was babysitting some kids and the neighbor across the street came over to the house with a shotgun and was drunk. Yeah. And, you know, for Lauren, I even asked her during the podcast, you know, how did you have the the thought to do what you did? Because she, too, also handled things pretty well. But just some tips if you ever find yourself in a similar situation that Lauren did. And hopefully this will never happen to anyone. But keep those doors locked even when you're home. Right. The extra two seconds it takes to unlock a door is worth the extra protection of keeping a barrier or at least some form of barrier between you and a potential bad person outside your door. And, and, you know, when something might be starting outside your home and you happen to have your doors unlocked or you happen to be walking out your door when you notice something out front or you hear some commotion out front, shut and lock those doors. I mean, again, those barriers, uh, anything to deter someone from thinking about doing something, slowing them down, um, making it more difficult, you know, locking those doors and getting out of there, you know, getting out of the way is best. Um, and look, if there's any kids on the premises, get them out of the way. Lauren talked about how she had her uh, neighbor or her aunt, whoever it was, take the kids and go to the back of the house and get in a room. I mean, really smart. And that brings us to another point that we've talked about in the past is have a safe room. Everybody should have a safe room, but maybe a safe room is just an impromptu place that you get everybody to go to so that they're out of the way of any immediate danger. The key there is that everybody have, uh, you know, a game plan and they know what to do. Uh, call the police at the onset, you know, try not to go back and forth with any individual having, you know, mental issues or under the influence of substances. It's hard to reason and, um, have rational, logical conversation with someone that, you know, either has mental issues or is under some sort of influence, substance influence, um, whether it be drugs or alcohol, really doesn't matter. Call, call the police as soon as you have an opportunity. Keep that phone with you. Um, you know, I think Lauren talked about her phone being out of her control for a short period of time, and that made her panic at one point. So, you know, it's a good idea to keep the phone on you or nearby, even when you're home, because you just never know. She also did a great job. And again, circling back to the kids for a moment, you know, she told her aunt or the neighbor, whoever it was, to get the kids and go to the back of the house, to the back room or whatever. You know, you just want to make sure that anyone you're with is safe. And, and you know, look, I think whether she mentioned it or not, you know, if you want to be paying attention enough so you can see some warning signs. Now, that's not to say there's always warning signs given, but this individual evidently was known for drinking and causing issues out in the streets in the neighborhood. So, you know, you want to pay attention to that and, you know, listen to your gut, listen to your instincts and stay away from those people. Right. And we've talked about calling the police. So in those situations, you know, if you can't call the police because you're, you know, you're acting as an additional barrier or buffer between the bad person and people you're in charge of protecting, you know, uh, and, and you can't make the effort to call because you're having to have dialogue. Maybe you're trying to deescalate the situation with the individual, you know, make sure somebody else knows that they need to be the ones calling 911 and make that part of the plan for sure. 
and with that being said, you know, if you do call the police, which you should be doing, when you call 911, you know, you kind of have to play it by ear based on the situation. But you may even want to tell the individual that the cops are on their way or that you're calling the police or whatever. And, you know, <clears throat> you have to be careful and you kind of have to weigh the situation because you don't want to anger the person further. But you kind of have to fill it out, and only you will know in the situation, you know, do you think you should tell them? Will it anger them, or will it be further deterrent? And maybe they'll go away knowing that 911's just been called. But you'll have to weigh that out for yourself when the time comes. And, you know, fortunately for Lauren, it all took place basically on the front in the front yard, the front porch, whatever the house and never came inside. And, you know, it wasn't a situation of her having to worry about herself or the kids that she was looking after being taken somewhere. But that's just one point that I'll leave you on with Lauren's story is that you never want to be taken somewhere. Uh, most crimes that involve a single location, location a, you have a 90% chance of survival um, in situations where there's only a single location involved. The moment that a location B becomes involved, the number switches. So if there's a location A and suddenly a location B that comes into play, you're being taken somewhere against your will, etc., whatever that might look like, that number reverses. You have a 10% chance of survival and a 90% chance of not surviving. So if you're ever asked or being forced to go somewhere, you fight like the third monkey going on the ark, right? You've heard that before. Uh, that's a time you definitely fight for your life because it is about fighting for your life at that point. And our last story was my good buddy, Raymond, who years ago found himself in a bar and had run in alternation with some guys in the parking lot that he had seen in the bar before he left. And that was just a bad situation overall. So, you know, <laughs> I would say, and I just recently I was listening to something that says, you know, bars are the infamous place for fights and everything else. So, you know, you generally, if you really want to take yourself, your personal safety seriously, you probably want to avoid bars altogether because they typically contain people of the age groups that are going to be more likely to get into altercations and cause issues. So that's first, but that's not realistic. I mean, we all like to go get a drink from time to time, have buddies visit us from out of town whatever the going out with our significant others you know going to the bars is part of life and we shouldn't have to live in the shadows because of somebody else's bad behaviors but it is something to consider so avoiding a bar is probably best but it's extreme right but you know, you also want to pay attention to uh, the the lo general locality or clientele of a bar if you're going to go into one, right? And when you do first get in one, if you're going, you want to check the place out, see what the vibe of the atmosphere is. You know, again, listen to that intuition. Places have vibes. Places have a feeling, right? Check out the place when you enter it, when you first walk in. And again, you know, you want to be cognizant of the location you're in and, and the t general types of clientele in the area. And you'll know better when you go inside. Um, you know, you want to pay attention to any odd behavior and note it. You know, maybe you see something going on or maybe you see an altercation, verbal altercation going on at some point. Go ahead and make the decision to leave. What's the worst that's going to happen? You don't get to drink with your friends or have a drink that evening. Maybe just go to another restaurant or bar. Avoid those situations if you see them. 
And, you know, for Raymond, when he was getting the stare down from the guys, you know, he had the opportunity to maybe approach them and kind of talk about the good looking bartender that he was checking out. Maybe they didn't like that. Maybe she was on their hit list, something, so to speak, who knows, but nothing says you can't maybe again, you'll know the situation that you're in the best, maybe approaching those guys to see if they were open to conversation or you buying them a beer and hanging out with them was an option. Who knows? Uh, but you know, if you do get into a bar and into that situation and notice things are fishy or don't seem like, you know, leave when you notice, right? And when you do leave, maybe leave with a group of people. Maybe it's not even, maybe you're at the bar by yourself. Maybe you can just make it a point to leave in a wave of other people. So you're not going out alone. Uh, that's not a bad idea, especially if you think things might could go sideways. Uh, follow another group out, you know, or pretend like you're part of that group. But the key is, you know, you need to be paying attention. Um, and, you know, with that being said, when you do go to places that are seedy or less than whatever, you know, there's potential, go with friends. Don't go alone, especially if you're a lady, you know, uh, consider only going out to places like that when you're in packs of two or more. And then look, you know, it, it's a little tough to do, but when you leave, pay attention, make sure you're not being followed at least as best you can. Right. And then be prepared like Raymond. He had to be prepared to fight back, but it's not even that you need to be prepared to fight all the time. You may just need to be prepared to de-escalate, for an example. So if you're going to find yourself in those situations, you know, the very least you need to do is pay attention and then act. Get out and get away if things don't seem right to you. So with that, we'll end this podcast. I want to thank you for listening yet again. I want to leave you on... Um, uh, three takeaways, I think, um, that I would say. And the first one being, first and foremost, is always pay attention to your surroundings. Even when you're home out in the yard with playing with the kids or whatever, if you see something going on down the street, pay attention and get away and get inside and lock the doors, especially if you're with children or someone that can't take care of themselves. Your first priority should be getting them to safety. And then you certainly are a priority when you're alone and your secondary priority when you're taking care of others. So pay attention and um, get away. You know, however you want to say that situational awareness, being alert, stay alert, stay awake, stay vigilant, and you'll hear stay frosty, you know, so pay attention when you're out. Uh, the second takeaway is so big, and we've talked about this so often, and it, it almost holds up in every single one of these stories. Listen to your intuition. Listen to your gut. Pay attention to those tingly spider senses. Listen to them. And the last one that I'll leave you on is keep your egos in check. Don't let your mouth or anything else write a check that your body can't cash, right? Keep those egos in check. And with that, we'll conclude this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Go back and listen to Podcast 33. If you haven't, some of this will make a lot more sense and be able to put piece the puzzle pieces together a little bit better if you do but uh hope you took something away and we'll talk to you next time take care now